All righty. With no further ado, we're going to go ahead and welcome up the Dormies. We're so thankful for Sixto and your willingness to come and share with us today. Thank you for being here. Come on up. Hi. Um, I introduced myself um, earlier, but for those of you who who didn't hear or weren't there, um, my name is Jessica Dormi. This is my husband, Sixto Dormi, and we just wanted to share a little bit about ourselves, our ministry in, in Guayaquil, Ecuador. Um, I have, First of all, we're very thankful to be here. We're thankful that um, you have welcomed us so well and to be able to hear you know the teachings at every woman's grace i've been attending every woman's grace for the past three weeks and it's been just so so edifying and i'm just so grateful for for this time together and even here inviting us for to mindsets for missions um i grew up here in in los angeles california my parents are mexican and i grew up you know speaking a little bit of spanish and i was saved when i was a teenager a couple years later i met sixto here he was studying in seminary it was actually his last year of seminary so we we married in less than a year and after that we moved to Ecuador and I had my two boys in Ecuador. Their names are Sebastian and Nathan. Sebastian is four and Nathan is two. He'll be three in in about a month. Um yeah, you know how you um, send birthday cards? <laughs> I was mentioning this to Alex that my son, he received his like a couple months ago, like two months ago. And he was so obsessed with his card. <laughs> he, he would take it to him. He would take it everywhere for like a month. <laughs> he, it was just something. It was like his security blanket. And he, he thought that he had $5 for the longest. But I was like, no, you spend it already. <laughs> but I, I'm just so grateful because you guys remember those are like li- little details that mean a lot to us. And even to us, you send us for our anniversary, our birthdays. It's, it's just so... We're grateful for that, and we really appreciate that. Um, my In Ecuador, obviously, I have my two kids, and so I'm a stay-at-home mom. I don't work. I stay at home, and, you know, I cook, I clean, I, I do all that. Um, on Mondays is our family day because it's Sixto's most free day since he teaches Wednesdays and Sundays. And we go to the park, we go to the mall, um, anywhere where the kids would like to go. Um I recently now we're about to start homeschooling our kids. Well, mostly the the older one. He's in pre-K. He'll well, he's gonna start pre-K. And in Ecuador, it's not very common to. I mean, homeschooling is legal, but they don't have a lot of resources. The, there's no curriculums like in the U.S. There's so many curriculums, and so it's viewed kind of negatively. So I would just ask that you would pray for me because I need wisdom and guidance to. To actually share with, you know, other moms because they have so many questions and and sometimes, you know, I know how to answer, but sometimes they don't come on as questions and more like, <laughs> you know, very negatively. So please pray for me in that area. I'm excited to be homeschooling him and he, he loves school already since last year. He loves coloring. He loves learning and he's a very smart boy. And Nathan, my younger one, he's not at the age of learning, but he wants to do everything his big brother is doing. So, um, yeah, and um, in, when I arrived in, to Ecuador, I, I thought that I was going to arrive, you know, to a church that was all set and, you know, have a nursery, have a woman's ministry and all, but that was not the case. 
um, we didn't have a nursery at our church. And um, when I had my second son, I started the nursery um, at our church because if some of you don't know, I worked here in the nursery at Grace when I was married to Sixto. That's how I helped him financially. And I learned so much. And our, our system is very similar to the one here at Grace with a check-in, check-out. They have their own little space to put their personal items. And, and you know, it was, it was interesting because at first, when I just started, there were so few who volunteered to, to serve. And that first day, it was so difficult the kids were crying and they're trying to escape and it was just very chaotic and I was sweating and all the workers were sweating and I was like Lord help us <laughs> but now the Lord has been faithful and um, it has grown, grown the people who serve we have 12 people serving in the nursery our church is not huge but it it's decent and you know it's enough people to serve once a month so before when I started I would serve every single week and now I have the privilege to sit under the sermon and the teachings um, and I only get to serve once a week I do the schedules and and things like that and and it's just it's it's a blessing because I've seen the Lord how he has he has been so faithful and he has helped me (laughs) just as I asked um and also, um, we recently started a small group where we go over the Every Woman's Grace material. Um, it's a blessing to have it in Spanish now. So although my Spanish is, I mean, my Spanish is good, but I'm not very used to it in the Bible. So it's been, it's been a little difficult. I, I have to admit to, to do the lessons in Spanish and I can't memorize the Spanish, you know, the verses in Spanish. So I do it in English. I'm the only one who does it in English, but, but I'm so thankful for that and thankful for you, for all of you and for your prayers. And I just wanted to, to say that now I'm just going to introduce my husband, Sixto. He's going to speak now. Well, thank you. Yeah, uh, we are very thankful to be here. Uh, we feel the love and, and your care for us uh, for the long distance and now being here. So you just heard a really good English. Now you're going to hear a broken English <laughs> from me. My Spanish is much better than my English, but I'll do my best just to share what the Lord has been doing uh, in Ecuador. So I have some uh, pictures here. This is actually the first time I'm going to use PowerPoint. I have never used PowerPoint before in my life. I've seen it and I know how it works. But so uh, these are these are just some pictures of Ecuador and really quick. It's just uh, a small country, but even when it's really small, it's divided in very, very different regions. So we have the coast and you can see the, the beach and, and Guayaquil is actually really close uh, from those places where the sea, uh, where the ocean is, is like uh, one hour and a half from from the the beach from Ecuador, and so that's the coast. is very hot. is tropical. That's Guayaquil. Uh, just to give you an idea, um, you just cannot leave the peanut butter outside of the fridge because it will go bad. So it has to be inside the fridge. It's that humid and hot. That even the peanut butter you have to put it inside the fridge and so this is like the amazon this if you recognize and some of you know is like 
those places where the five missionaries from the U.S. went and they were killed by the Indian people. So the Amazon is big in Ecuador. And we also have, obviously, the, the highlands where the capital is Quito. So it's really, really high. Quito, which is a capital, is the second uh, highest city over the sea level in the whole continent in America. Maybe the world, I'm not sure. But it's really high, so it's cold. Uh, the cities up on the high, the mountains are, are are cold because they are high. And when you go to Guayaquil and the city is close to the ocean, they are just the opposite, the opposite uh, weather. And well, that's a little bit about Ecuador. Uh, this is the city of Guayaquil, just to give you an idea of the city. So it is a big city. Um, Maybe when people hear Ecuador, maybe they think about the Amazon no, and the jungle. But we have cities in Ecuador and uh, big cities, uh, at least the two main cities, the capital and Guayaquil. Even Guayaquil is a little bit bigger than the capital, uh, Quito. It's a port, it's close to the ocean. Uh, there are a lot of, lot of people living there, uh, not uh, like LA, but we're like 4 million people, around 4 million people in Guayaquil. So our church is in this uh, city. So it's up even in downtown. That's where our church is. So it's a, just a lot of people walking around, a lot of buildings, houses, uh, uh, everything. So well, that's a little bit about uh, Guayaquil. It's surrounded by a big river, which is called Guayas. That's where the city name come from, Guayaquil. Guayas is the name of the river, and you can see a little bit there. And so this is the church. I don't know if you can. No, I see it, but you cannot see it. This is interesting. Okay, there you see it, right? Okay, so this is a picture of the front uh, door of our church. Uh, this is a, a picture that we have of uh, Pastor Henry Tolopilo. We don't have that picture every Sunday. That would be <laughs> weird. But that was only for the conference that we hosted, and he was there since he's very well known in Latin America. So we put his picture there. But that's a picture of our church. And uh, this is the, a picture inside the church. This is in one of our conferences. So we have a, a yard or a patio or something. I, I don't want to call it campus. I would be ashamed to call it campus. I've been a, a great church. But it is a place where we can do some things. And you see people there during one of the breaks in the conference uh, eating and sharing a little bit. Uh, this is another picture of the patio. And this is a picture inside the church. So we have uh, two columns of people there. So in the front is the, the pulpit and the preaching. This is a, a picture also on one of the conferences. So I guess this, uh, I hope this gives you an idea of how our church looks like from the outside and the inside. So when we went back to Ecuador in 2015, um, by the end of 2015, we immediately joined the church and we started serving. I, I joined the leadership. The, the the church has an interest, uh, interesting story. My, my dad founded the church out of a, uh, a split with another church from the Christians Alliance and Missionary. That was the, the denomination. And so this church started like around nine years ago. Uh, my dad founded, and then when my dad was starting the church, that's the same time when I came to the TM, to TMS to study. So I spent here four years, and we went back. 
and now we just join immediately the leadership. So what I do over there is like the normal things that you very well known uh, a pastor would do, just uh, preach uh, on Sundays, uh, teach during the, the weekends to to uh, Bibles in Bible study, Sunday school, uh, the sermon on Sunday. So I spend pretty much the whole week uh, studying, uh, reading, uh, try to counsel. I am great, very grateful that we have a team besides my dad is another man who came to TMS and he graduated and he's back also already and he's working in the same church with us. So that's a huge help for us. This is a growing church. It is interesting uh, to know the fact that this church came out of a, a legalistic context. The, the people who founded the church, the, the dear brothers that we have there, uh, they came from a legalistic church. It was, uh, it was sound doctrinally, not deep though, uh, kind of superficial, but the tendency to be legalistic. So we knew that when we had to come back, we had to work on that. And even when I would try to uh, greet people, you know, they would do it in a way that it was a little, uh, you know, marking a, like a separation from you and then because of this context where they came from. I hope that change and I think that change along the time and you can see the love of our church and uh, charismatic movement is huge in Ecuador, uh, is huge in Guayaquil. Uh, you can see almost in every corner of the city a church uh, that belongs to the Pentecostal denomination, the charismatic movement. So what, what is happening right now is that people is growing disillusioned with the charismatic movement and theology. They, uh, they know through social media, faithful pastors, and they start to hear uh, faithful preaching. And so they compare that with their own churches and their own pastors, and they see that something is not well. And so they notice that they need maybe to transition and they need to look for a better option. And we are there and, and, and we're on social media. So they find us on social media and they go to our churches. So basically our church has grown and has grown a lot out of the, uh, that same uh, dynamic. People coming out from charismatic churches and coming to our church. So they come uh, looking for the truth, uh, looking for a faithful preaching of the gospel. And uh, what a better place for us to be. Uh, to receive all these people that need so much encouragement and, and solid uh, food from the pulpit. So we really thank God we cannot uh, be in a better time in Ecuador right now when this is happening. And I know in other countries of Latin America. So this is a little a bit of our, uh, the story of our church. Uh, um, now we, on 2016, we started an expository uh, Bible Institute, which we call LAPEX. LAPEX, because of the abbreviation in uh, Spanish, will be the Academia for Expository Preaching. So we started in our church, meeting with some men from other churches and pastors from other churches. That was on 2016. I started by myself teaching a class. And then when the other TMS graduate came, so now we are two teaching in Guayaquil. And like two years ago, I started visiting the capital, Quito. 
So what I do now is that besides teaching in our location in Guayaquil, this is for the pastors and leaders that are in Guayaquil. Uh, they come every week to receive uh, classes. Uh, I go once a month. I pick a Saturday to go to Quito. And I spend the whole Saturday with the men that are there from Quito, some pastors and leaders over there. So the picture that you see there is in Quito, actually. Uh, we have some uh, place provided for us by God's grace where we can teach. And these are some of the men that attend every month to these classes. This is an, another, another class in the city of Quito. So it is a tremendous blessing. Uh, by car, it would be so hard for me to do this because from Guayaquil to Quito, even when Ecuador is small, but from Guayaquil to Quito is eight hours by car. Uh, because Quito is so high uh, and Guayaquil is at the sea level that you have to go up, up, up all the time. And so it's kind of hard, uh, but by uh, plane is only 30 minutes. So that's really good and helpful to me. So I take a plane in the morning, really in the morning, like at six, seven in the morning, and I get to Quito at eight and we start the, the teaching at nine and we uh, finish at like at five, around 5 p.m. And then I go back to Guayaquil to uh, finish getting ready for the next day, Sunday at our church. So that is really, really helpful. And we are so thankful that the Lord provided one of the men who are being trained uh, in Quito to sponsor our flights. He uh, told us the last time that we were there that he wanted to uh, help us with the tickets, the flight tickets to go to Quito every time we need to go every month. So we're, we're so thankful for that. And one of the highlights that to me, he brings more, more, more joy than anything else besides the, the teaching, teaching this man is a church that is in Quito. And I'm really happy and excited for this church. There are two men who are studying with us uh, uh, in Quito. And they, they join their small, really small churches. They join, they go together, and they are working together now as the two leaders of this church, the two pastors of this church. And they invited me. Uh, this was on... Uh, December, if I'm not wrong, uh, the environment to their church on Sunday morning. So I go to preach at their church. Uh, uh, it was it was amazing. And I could see even uh, how new families are coming to this church, which is growing. And there is even a third pastor who is willing to join even his small church to this church. And he's also been trained uh, by us. So I ask you your prayers because many people have asked us for a sound church in Quito. And it's been very hard for us to point them to a, a sound church who has the same, you know, doctrine and uh, statement, doctrinal statement than us. But this church, I can say, is one of them. So I'm really excited by this. And uh, one of the other places that I have gone is another city called Riobamba. You can see this picture. I think it's a little blurry, uh, but this is one man. He lives in Riobamba. This is another city in the highlands. Which is cold weather is one of the big, big volcanoes are there. You're in this city and you can see three volcanoes around the city. Uh, they are huge. So it's really amazing. Um, it's a small city. Uh, there are no sound churches and it is sad to, to see that. So I went there. I spent a week with this man and another two men from different churches. And we spent a whole week in uh, talking and teaching a uh, hermeneutics Bible interpretation. So he is planning to start a church over there. 
Uh, he has some people who meet with him uh, during the week, every week, and he's teaching there. So we pray that this might be the uh, um, initiation, the founding of a new church in this uh, city called Riobamba, too, which is four hours from Quito and four hours from Guayaquil, too. Uh, but it's uh, up in the, the mountains. So, well, that, that's a, a little bit of what we've been doing. Uh, um, I know I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> so, I I don't know if I finish. What's that? Oh, yeah. Well, I know uh, you can ask uh, some questions. I have some some stories. Like when I met my wife here, it was interesting that that I didn't knew about her. I was three years here, four years, and the two first years I never saw her. She never saw me. Uh, although we attended the Spanish ministry. Maybe she was going at the first hour and I at the second. Maybe that's why. But but she had a friend from the Spanish ministry, and she was my friend too. Uh, so one day they were hanging out on a Sunday evening after the service, the evening service. They were hanging out, and they went to eat to Coco's restaurant, I think. Yeah, so uh, they had, she had park in the, uh, across the street parking lot. And so they went back uh, a little bit late. So the parking lot was closed. Um, by that time, I was living in the Mary Ellen house where the TMS students used to live right next to, to the church. So this friend, this common friend called me uh, to help because one of my roommates it used to be a security guy, so he had the keys to open the parking lot. So I went with him, and we opened the the, the gate, and that's the first time I knew about Jessica. Uh, all I could see was blurry because I threw I saw her through the window, and maybe she saw me through the window too, and it was dark. But I know there was a Jessica. And so uh, from that moment on, uh, we just uh, started hanging out. We met and the rest, well, you know, the story <laughs> now. So, um, yeah, uh, I don't know if you have any questions that will help me maybe expand a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I take a flight, I don't because it's pretty straight. Uh, but when I go by car, I used to. I used to get uh, that sickness. So I feel, feel a little ditzy and nausea a little bit. I used to get that a lot when I was a little kid. And I was I always, uh, I shouldn't say this because you're eating, but I would do it. <laughs> when I would get to Quito, but not anymore for some reason. Uh, especially when I take a flight, it's much, much uh, better. And there are a lot of uh, American people, when they visit Ecuador, they always want to go to Quito because the weather is so nice. It's, it's similar than L.A., very similar than L.A. Uh, they go to cities all around Quito, too. So uh, they get used to, to the weather really well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was in Ecuador, so I was safe when I was 21. And the Lord called me to ministry immediately after my salvation. So I started a training back in Ecuador. It was from the denomination Christian Alliance and Missionary in Ecuador. Maybe they have uh, good churches in other countries. Well, no, at least not in Ecuador. 
at least in Ecuador now, because we met many of them and we met the, the denomination very well. But I, I was trained there for five years. And after I finished training, I, I knew I, it was not enough. Uh, I couldn't uh, preach in expository fashion. So by that time, I came to know about John MacArthur because my dad had a, since he's been a pastor, I was 14 years old, he became a pastor. So he had a book in his, on the shelf. It was from John MacArthur, translated into Spanish. It was safe without doubt uh, about the perseverance of the saints. Uh, he didn't know anything about John. John MacArthur or his minister or his church. But that book was there. And by that time, I was having some debates with a friend from seminary just about that topic. So I grabbed the book. I read the book. Um, my reaction was, this author is amazing. I mean, he's unique. I haven't read anything like that in the past. So I started to look for books uh, uh, from him, from John MacArthur. And I bought them, uh, translated into Spanish. So then I went to the social media and I found him in social media, in YouTube, his sermons. I started listening to his sermons almost every day. I would devour John MacArthur's uh, sermons and all his resources. And I was stalking him, but he didn't know <laughs> from Ecuador. <laughs> and, and that's how I know about the Master Seminary. So that's, uh, I apply right after I graduated from Ecuador, I apply, and uh, by God's grace, I, I was accepted and came here in 2011, 2011, I came here to start my studies. So uh, that changed uh, a lot of things, my view of ministry, uh, some uh, theological convictions, and, and now I, my, our idea was just go back and replicate what John has done here is the same thing. We want a strong church, a solid church. And out of that, we want to train men so that they see uh, how is a church supposed to be in a biblical way. And that's what we're trying to do. Uh, we're helpful that the Lord has blessed us with uh, some elders uh, who has gone to Ecuador, where we host the conferences every year. And uh, they are there. They spend their time there. They preach. And that, that has put our church on the spot. So others ask about how do you do ministry? How, how, how the worship supposed to be? How do you disciple people? So pastors start asking and looking for us to receive this help. And, and we are really grateful that we're in this position. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Yeah, the statistic says that maybe 16 or 70 percent of the population in Ecuador belong to Catholicism, Catholic Church. So it's pretty strong. It's pretty strong. But in recent years, I would say the last decade or last 15 or 20 years, uh, people is leaving Catholicism uh, because we know it's a dead religion. So they're leaving Catholicism. And they're coming to evangelical churches. So that, that's good because they come to know about uh, salvation is through faith by grace, not through works. Uh, the only problem is that they are coming to Pentecostal churches. 
And as I, as I said, Pentecostalism is huge in, in Ecuador. So they go to those churches and once they, some of them or many of them get disillusioned with Pentecostalism, that's when they start looking for better options. So I, we can see the transition. They grow from Catholicism, Pentecostal churches, and they get to our church, some, some of them uh, looking for the truth. But uh, yeah, and we're trying to help these people. We have, uh, I have an interesting story, two young men who were pastoring a church from a strong Pentecostal denomination in, in Ecuador. It, that denomination started here in, in the U.S. actually many years ago. And they they grew on the conviction, they started being trained by us, and they grew on the conviction that they couldn't uh, stay in that denomination. So they decided to transition and become independent an independent church. And when they did that, obviously the denomination didn't receive it well. And the denomination uh, took their building and, you know, the speakers and instruments, even when the, the church uh, got that by themselves with the offerings from the people. But I I appreciate the faithfulness of these two men, because even, even when that was hard for them, they just transitioned. They found a new place where to meet most of the people uh, follow them. And now they are a growing church in, in Guayaquil is, is really far away from our church. It, this church is located in a place where a lot of poor people live and, and it's thriving right now, this church. So we're very thankful for that. Yeah. Yeah, I would say definitely yes. Uh, we know we know the story. Uh, the uh, those people change. They change. Uh, many came to Christ, and many left that life. You know, uh, killing themselves all the time. So yeah, it changed. There are some tribes still living in the Amazon. Uh, they don't. They don't want to have anything to do with the government or with the civilization or the cities. They just want to live there. Uh, but they have changed their behavior. Uh, at least we know they're not killing themselves as before. And uh, from, from that on, from that moment on, because of what the missionaries did, uh, it, is, it is so good to see many Indian people coming to Christ and you see them in Guayaquil and you see them in Quito and many other cities, especially in the highlands, uh, they have came to Christ a lot, lots of them, lots of them. Um, it, it is amazing. I cannot even count how many churches from uh, these Indian people are, are being founded even right now. In fact, right next to our church, there is a house and right next to that house, there is a church from the Indian people. And now the, on, the only thing, uh, the only thing I need, they, I think they need is uh, better theology of what the church should look like because of their way of living. Uh, they're so used to uh, live only, you know, like, well, with a among themselves so they close to any any um 
type of influence coming from the outside, even from the cities, even from other Ecuadorians. So they don't want that. So you can see even that when they come to Christ and they form and they found their churches, you see only Indian people in those churches. And they still speak their own language, which is the Quechua. And they speak Spanish very well, but they prefer to do it in Quechua. Uh, in their in the cities in their churches, so they don't come to our churches. They have their own churches, and I think we we need to work on that so that they understand that the church should be diverse. And Grace Church is the best example for that. Uh, uh, they need to grow, uh, I think, on that comprehension of what the church should should look like. But we have had some some uh, Indian people being trained by us too. They. They didn't stay. They were with us like for around a year and a half being trained. And for some reason they dropped, but uh, we pray that the Lord give us more opportunities to do that in the future. Yeah. So I think it's around a uh, last question, I think. Yeah, well, we're actually going to do homeschooling through the U.S. through an umbrella school because in Ecuador, they don't have they don't have anything. I think you go to the schools uh, every like month and you take their exams, but you have to buy and study and there's no guidance. Yeah. But thank you for that question. Well, it's such a joy to hear from you guys. Thank you so much for being here. And what a joy to hear again, just in the Lord's perfect sovereignty, the history of how he's worked in your country and even in your church. So we're rejoicing with you. Let's go ahead and let's pray now for the dormies. Heavenly Father, we are so humbled uh, just to hear, Father, your amazing work and your amazing grace in the lives of Sixto and Jessica, Lord, for saving them, Father. Even when Sixto was 21 and Jessica in her teens, Lord, and we're so grateful for how you brought them together and sovereignly put Sixto in a place where he was able to learn, Lord, the teaching of your word and to grow and to love your word, Lord, your truth. And Father, even as we heard last week from the Samoakas in South Africa and now in Ecuador, Father, we hear so much of uh, the growing and the mass amounts of people involved in really poor theology in churches that are very weak, Lord. And Father, we do pray for these churches and we see the incredible need. And that comes out of a desire to see them grow, Father, and not to be right and for them to be wrong, Lord, but to have a desire, Lord, for them to truly know you, God. And even as we've studied in Romans in the last week, and we see for ourselves, Father, just the incredible blessing of knowing theology, Lord. It's simply knowing you, how you have intended for us to know you, God, how you have called yourself, how you have told us what truth is, Lord. And Father, the blessings for us as we know you deeper are just vast, Lord, and immeasurable. And so we do desire that these churches would grow strong that they would know your truth, that they would be on solid ground and that they would not waver in their beliefs and in their faith, but that they can be established on the sound word of scripture, Lord. And so we're grateful for Sixto, for his father, for the other TMS grad, Lord, who so faithfully pastor their church in Ecuador, Lord. 
We're so thankful for the desire right now, as we have seen, as many of our missionaries across Latin America have talked about just the desire right now in Latin America of coming out of Catholicism and even leaving some of the wrong um, just church movements, Lord, and desiring sound teaching. Father, we praise you, and we praise you for these men who are in such key places to faithfully share your word, Lord, and teach and shepherd and disciple. Father, we pray that you would give Sixto and Jessica great grace as they continue to shepherd the flock that you have put under them, Lord. We ask that you would give them humility and wisdom, Father, that you would make them um, above reproach, Father, in their choices and their decisions and quick, Lord, to be sensitive to your spirit. Father, we pray that you would uphold the unity of their church among the leaders and the members of their body, Lord, that you would grow them strong and continue to grow their passion for Christ and their love for your word. And Father, we do pray that you would continue to use them as a beacon in their city, Father. Lord, to the Indian church, to the charismatic church, and to the non-believers across that city, Father, and even in Quito and all the growing areas of ministry across the country, Father, we do praise you and thank you for all the many ways that you are continuing to use the Dormes and their church, Lord. We thank you for Jessica, Father, and for her heart to serve you faithfully in the church and the nursery ministry and in women's ministry. Lord, we do pray that you would um, give her great grace and wisdom as she disciples the ladies in their small group. We thank you so much for the resources available for them, and we pray that that continues to be a blessing in the lives of their women and their church, Lord. And Father, we pray for little Sebastian and little Nathan, Lord. We thank you so much for the parents you've given them. We pray that you would give them grace as parents, Father, as they seek you in every stage and every question along the way, Father. We ask that you would draw Sebastian and Nathan's hearts to you, that they would come to know their Lord and Savior, and that they would love to serve you, Father, and long for um, living lives, Lord, that would be pleasing in your sight. We pray for grace as Jessica starts to homeschool as well, Lord. We thank you for the resources that you've made available to her. And we just ask that you would give her wisdom and grace for that task as well, and that they would enjoy their time together in school. And Father, I just want to thank thank you also, Father, as we close for Nate Saint and Jim Elliott and for the way that you used um, that group of missionaries, Father, even so many years ago, and how wonderfully, Lord, you use the body of Christ and you grow and that your word does not return void. And Father, we pray that you would continue to save souls in Ecuador for the sake of your kingdom. In Christ's name, amen.